welcome to South Point. My name's Tanner, and I'll let you finish the sentence. All right, all right, great. <laughs> I, I'm on staff. I'm on staff for a couple more days. Um, so if you're just joining us today, uh, it's a unique and different day. Uh, my wife Bethany and I started South Point almost 10 years ago. Today is our final, at least my final Sunday here on staff. Uh, and I will sh- I'll be sharing a little bit more about what I will be doing and, and uh, sharing a little bit today in reflection of who South Point has been and, and all the great memories. So I've asked people, if you saw my Facebook post, to bring a coffee mug so we can just have coffee together uh, today so you can hold it up. Who's got a, who's got a mug? All right. Great. We'll have coffee together today. If you're brand new to South Point, we, we exist. We want everyone to experience God's unconditional love. And what we've done so far this year uh, in 2021 is teach through the Gospel of John, which is a biography on the life of Jesus. Uh, we, we believe that Jesus is the embodiment of God's unconditional love, that he's God himself. And so we've called this Revealing Jesus through this year. And we've, we've been in different series uh, through, through John, teaching through John. And uh, the series that we're in right now is called I Am. And we're looking at these statements of Jesus where he refers to himself and, and answers this question, who, Jesus, who do you think you are? He was asked that question. And in this series, we're going over seven statements where he talks about who he is. Today, um, I thought it really appropriate. The the message that we had planned for this day is that Jesus says he is light of the world. He says he's light of the world. So I'm going to read that from John chapter 8, verse 12. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So I just want to share a few things today. One, before I begin, um, I want to thank everyone for what I would call an overwhelming response to when I made this announcement three weeks ago. Um, just pretty blown away by the response, all the texts and encouragement and emails and, and phone calls. Um, so I just want to say thank you up front. So when we talk about Jesus being the light of the world, uh, want to talk about how he's been the light of my life and how through South Point I, I think that he can be the light of this community and then the light of the world. Uh, so my life, he's, Jesus has been the light of my life. Um, a few months ago we did a series here called I've Got a Story for You and six different people shared their story of faith and how they met and encountered Jesus. Uh, that prompted me to be reflecting on my own story and thinking about my own story. Uh, and I thought back to some early days of my childhood. And I don't know about you, when your memories start, mine start, when I was probably four or five years old, that's when I started having clear memories of a few different uh, events in my life. And what I noticed about those memories is all of them, just put it this way, revealed my need for God's grace. (laughs) 
like every young memory I have is something that honestly I uh, would be ashamed of and uh, and I think just speaks to my inherent need for for Jesus. Um, then a, a couple of months ago too, I shared a message when I talked about God's what is God's best day. Uh, and uh, it was a message that I got the idea from someone who preached this a long time ago, but I personalized it for myself and, and talked about when I was about eight years old or nine years old, uh, I had this dream uh, about Jesus rescuing me, and it was such a real dream that I woke up in a sweat and uh, wanted to say yes to Jesus, even though I was very young at the time. And to me, uh, that, was, that was the moment my faith started. Now, if you know me, you know I'm a pretty logical, rational person. So the fact that Jesus chose this way to, to grab my attention is pretty astonishing. Uh, and that faith lie dormant in my life, I would say, for many years until I was in high school. And, and then I was sitting in a Sunday school class. I still went to church. I didn't really consider much about faith to be important. And I had a 63-year-old Sunday school teacher um, named Dot who God used to make a great impact on my life. Honestly, when I was 17 years old and I saw a 63-year-old walk in as the teacher of our class, I like rolled my eyes, probably physically and literally, uh, but Dot is such a young at heart person, and she loves to make food, and I love to eat food, um, and she had my friends and I over at her house regularly to do so, and through then, through that experience, uh, God grabbed a hold of me and said that there's something to this Jesus thing, like if he's real, this changes everything. I didn't really know what to do with that, uh, except for I said, well, maybe I'll try speaking. I, I was invited to speak on stage um, to set up communion. The church I grew up in had, had a moment before communion where, we, where a different person would go up and speak. I was 17 years old. That was the first time I spoke in public. Um, and <laughs> my first uh, words ever public speaking were, would you please play with me? Um, So I thought, my public speaking can go only go one direction from this point. <laughs> and decided to go to a Bible college. I still was going to be, uh, I was still thinking about being a teacher and a coach um, at that time. But then I uh, went to a Bible college to learn more about preaching. And it was really at that point that I was reading this book called Mere Christianity. I was a freshman in college and read this chapter called The Great Sin, and in my high school, after I had uh, really been changed, I, I went from doing certain things to not doing certain things, and then and basically I was judging everyone else was, still did the same things I did three weeks before, uh, and when I read The Great Sin and I saw that title of that chapter, I assumed that it would not apply to me. Uh, I almost, honestly, I almost skipped the chapter, um, but I found out that that chapter was describing uh, what is called.
called sinful pride or arrogance. And um, the chapter really described me. And God grabbed a hold of me from that point, um, informing me of my deep need for his grace. Uh, not only just for actions that, that I do, but also for attitudes and perspectives. How my default is always myself and looking through the lens of my own life. And it's through here, through this experience, uh, that Jesus has been the light of my life. Um, I think that there's great joy when we can come to him. And he gives us moments where we forget ourselves and we can actually focus on someone else. And we can know that, that we have his grace and that all those things that we have been and that we have done and um, even thought, um, that he says, hey, those things you don't need to be ashamed of because I've taken those. Um, so he has, been, uh, he has been the light of my life and really challenged me to uh, to step into trying to serve him. So after college and seminary, I was, uh, Bethany and I were serving in a rural church in the Midwest. When I, uh, and I'm going to transition here to talking a little bit about South Point and, and how South Point started. Um, I got a phone call uh, six weeks before Addie was born, our oldest, um, saying, hey, uh, we would like you to come start a church in Warwick, Rhode Island. I, of course, had never heard of Warwick, Rhode Island, <laughs> um, but I love New England. And, uh, and, and, and this is by an organization called Restoration House. And someone named Dan Clymer is the one who called me. Dan and Linda had started this organization uh, with the efforts to plant, start new churches in New England. This is the least por church part of the country. Uh, and they went out on faith starting this organization, which has now started about 20 churches in the last 25 years. Uh, they had to step out on faith themselves. And, and when they said yes to God's call to do that, uh, what I realized that years later that would enable me to say yes and Bethany and I to say yes to God's call to starting South Point. Um, I, I really respected respect the organization because um, there are a lot of organizations that seek to plant churches and really what they do is they say oh we'll give you a little bit of money and provide you some support for a year and good luck which it's really hard to start something new uh, but they say no we want to stick with you for years and provide you support uh, and so what they did at the beginning is Dan um, even though many of you most of you probably have never even met him for example you uh, have been impacted by his efforts. Uh, Dan raised funds um, so that I would actually have a salary uh, when trying to start a church. I wouldn't be trying to work two jobs to focus on this. Uh, provided leadership and support at the very beginning. Uh, and, and then, uh, you know, they had great support um, through other people in the organization too, Bob and Carol Miller have provided great support uh, to us in starting South Point and establishing it. There's just, there's a lot, it's, it's just a lot that takes to start a church. And I look back 
and I, I said when South Point started, I was 28 years old. And <laughs> now I look back and realize this is a miracle. This got off the ground. Um, it really is. Uh, we think about why do we start a church, and some, some may say, well, there's churches all over. Why do you start more churches? Why is that important? Well, one, the population continues to grow. Two, some churches decline and close. And three, when you start a new church, you have to be focused on people who are outside your walls because there are no people inside of your walls. And it really helps you focus on sharing this love of Jesus and his gospel in fresh ways. So when we talk about starting South Point and we, when I think about transition, I think churches oftentimes struggle during transitions when they don't actually realize who they are and they find themselves you know, almost becoming something different. And, and when people are in seats and they say, you know what, this just feels a little off. There's just something a little different. Uh, you know, when a, when a leadership transition happens. So I wanted to focus on, here's these ways that we have tried to, that I, what I consider South Point to be distinct and unique about South Point. Every church has its own personality and uniqueness and really uh, are gifted in different ways. Uh, so there's three, there's three areas that I believe that South Point is, that we've tried to focus on to make South Point distinct and unique. And one, and this, sound, this sounds so, elementary, strange, the South Point is really all about Jesus. Um, and I want to contrast, I'm going to share what I mean by that. Um, other churches will often start with a Bible passage. They will start with anywhere in the Bible, and they will open it up. And quite frankly, they, they have another agenda. And so they start with a Bible passage, and they will end somewhere else. We believe this whole book is about Jesus. And that when you start with a passage, it ultimately points to him. For me, this has been my efforts in preaching and teaching is trying to do that each and every week. I've given more effort and energy into that than creativity or other things, but I want to focus, focus on Jesus, and Jesus is fully grace and fully truth. Um, and so oftentimes, people and churches will lean one way or the other when it comes to grace or truth. Sometimes you will hear churches who just say, we just need, we need to preach the truth, we need to preach the truth, we need to preach the truth. And they will talk about all those other people who need, who need the truth. You can hear this when you, when, you, when you hear people say, these people, those people. <laughs> they need to hear it. And the reality, I'm going to steal a line from Jamie here. So oftentimes this, when that happens, we want other people to experience truth and the things that in the areas that we're not struggling with, right? So we want them to have experience truth. But when it comes to us and our stuff and our, what we're dealing with, we want grace. 
Jesus is both grace and truth. In our society, you will have people who are on the left side of things. And they will say, well, let's compromise. They will, in essence, say, let's compromise on truth. Just welcome. It just doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Welcome everyone. And yes, we want to welcome everyone, but truth still exists. And then, and then you have people who are on the right side of things, and they say, no, we just got to preach truth. We got to stand up. We got to correct these people. It's like, well, grace exists. And they both exist perfectly in Jesus. And this is why the gospel of Jesus is so different than, than left or right. And quite frankly, this is why we have such a wide range of people and beliefs as, as far as politics in this, in this church. It's because we try to preach the thing when you start with the scripture, you preach truth. And I regret that I never was able to preach the series that I always wanted to preach where Jesus says difficult things that I, I always wanted to preach the series, New England Jesus. Jesus, like, I mean, picture it. Jesus, like, with a Patriots hat on, like, <laughs> his face on a Pats logo. That would be great. But we need truth. But ultimately, when we come to Jesus, this world doesn't need more people who are pointing at other people to say, here's why you were wrong. We need people who realize our own tendency <laughs> that we just judge people who sin differently than us. And this is why the ground is level at the foot of the cross. When you come to Jesus, he, he will give you truth but he will give you grace. And it doesn't matter if it's me, it doesn't matter if it's you, it do doesn't matter if it's someone who hasn't been in church in four decades or who hates the truth. Look, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. I'm no better than any of those people, any of the people who are outside the door who haven't been in church in 40 years. I just still have the same deep need within me for God's grace. And oftentimes, quite frankly, I have more because sometimes I don't realize my need for God's grace. So when, we, when I say light of the world in this community, we have to be a church. South Point has to be a church that's focused on being all about Jesus. That's one. And two, and this is built on number one, is that we are, I believe that we are a church who is authentic. Churches rightfully receive much negative press when they hide and cover up. They burn bridges. They make trusting a church very hard. And this happens over and over and over. And quite frankly, in our culture, we find that we start at a negative position when it comes to trust with people who are outside walls. And this is why I, I believe that the authenticity at South Point is so so sweet, so real. And the people who, honestly, are the people who last here at South Point, who s stick with this church, who join this church, are the people who are authentic and real. People who come for a little bit, 
we've seen people come for a little bit and exit doors. And my mind goes back to sitting in a group of people once, and I had, it was someone from South Point who was just opening up and talking about his sin and his struggles. I had another person who emailed me afterward. I don't feel comfortable with someone talking about sin like that. One person still here, and one person is not. You have to realize that you need grace too. The Best Buy Church can welcome absolutely everyone. If you realize you need grace, you're going to welcome other people who also need grace. I find that in this world today, in churches, pastors fall into one of two categories oftentimes. There are pastors who try to control absolutely everything. And then there are pastors who don't, and they come in. Honestly, their pastors feel lonely. And they feel trapped. They feel like they can never speak about their life. Um, and so often pastors fall in one of these two groups. And for me, I will say this, that along the way, almost 10 years into this, that I have never felt lonely. I have never felt like I can't speak or be honest or confess. I mean, I think it was back in 2015, I actually had a message called Confession and Dreams. And so many people reached out after that with grace. And it's so important. This is why leadership in a church is so important. Um, I credit our shepherd team here at South Point. And if you... You may say, I don't even, what shepherd team, who is that, what is that? Um, the shepherd team at South Point is a group of volunteer leaders who really seek to do three things. They want to protect the vision of the church, meaning that we want to always be about Jesus. We can't be distracted of that. Let's just focus on that. They also want to protect the unity of the church. Because so oftentimes, especially you know, when you have a church like ours with a wide range of people, Unity can be a challenge, we would be honest. And they also want to protect the role of senior leadership. That yes, protect, make sure that, that staff members are healthy, but also if there's, if there's arrogance or issues of pride, that they will step in. Uh, this team has done a great job of providing truth and to, to do so in a context of trust and uh, they got up to here on stage a few weeks ago and had some people ask me, they said, I didn't even know this team existed. And that's because they're very content being behind the scenes. They don't care about power. What they care about is a healthy church. And it's because of this, because of that kind of leadership that this place can be authentic and real. So I believe that South Point is a place that is all about Jesus, a church that is secondly authentic and real. 
And thirdly, I believe that what is unique is that we try to make other people's success the definition of our success. Uh, meaning that we try to serve other outside organizations and to do so without any ex expectation of repayment just to be able to bless them. Quite frankly, so many churches are focused on themselves. Um, there's a story that I told early on at South Point where my oldest daughter, Addie, <laughs> couldn't say her L's yet, and uh, she was trying to grab my attention, and she just kept saying, yuck at me, yuck at me. And I feel that so many churches just say, yuck at me. Look, look at us. And to me, I've been blessed to be able to serve and represent the faith-based community uh, with monthly forums for parole and probation. I've gained many friendships in the community with people from different organizations. God's opened up these doors, and I think that that has enabled South Point. Um, it's been one of the joys to, to serve alongside so many different organizations. At least to say, how can we help you do what you do? And because of money that you have given, because of time that you've given, we've helped single parents. I just had a conversation with a single parent two weeks ago in a coffee shop. She works there, and she was just in tears when I said, hey, you can reach out to our church. We have a fund just to help single parents. Between helping veterans at Operation Stand Down, our Providence Rescue Mission, and Providence Rescue Mission, I don't know if you know this, told South Point that the, the check that we gave them as part of the big give this last year was the biggest check they've ever received. If you're not familiar with the big give, we try to give away one offering every year. And, and, and realizing that we had to save a couple of years for a building, but in the process of giving over $250,000 on those days. It's amazing. Um, and, then, and then more. There's ongoing giving that we give to, to Sojourn and help college students come to know Jesus. And we can make this about us. But doesn't the world need like one group of people who say, look, it's not about us. Let's just help you do what you do and we will celebrate your success. I believe that's how South Point, we focus on Jesus, we remain authentic and we can make other people's success the definition of our own. That's how this church will continue to be the light of this community. And Jesus calls himself the light of the world. He also tells us that we are a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. And not to put a, a bowl over our lamp. And then finally, I want to talk about what I will be doing. You keep this in mind. You, who South Point is, you keep that in mind. Uh, you know, when you are part of a church, and some, if you're new, you, this is something that should, this is part of scripture, part of learning to follow Jesus. 
is that every person has their own gift. That when you say yes to Jesus, that God says, I'm going to give you a gift or a passion. Um, I, I think about it in the terms of GPS, the acronym. That God gives you gifts and passion, and the S stands for a sense of calling. That he calls you to something. And for some people, that's prayer. They say, I, but prayer is my thing. The church needs to be praying more. Some people, it's serving. Some people, it's more administration and organization. Some people, it's, it's hospitality. Some people, it's music. I'm not one of those people. So <laughs> I wish. I mean, when I'm by myself, I am great. Um, my, my greatest joy in leaders, in what I get to do is really trying to help other people succeed. I love watching people step up and step into their gifts. Honestly, I like it. I like that more than, than preaching and teaching. I don't know. I, I say this. Say, I, I don't know why God put this passion and this desire in me, uh, which you need to know. I'm the oldest child, the two oldest children, I'm the oldest cousin on both sides of my family. And back when I was reflecting on this, as I was praying through this decision, um, I was reflecting on a time when I was back in, in fifth grade. You also have to know I'm a huge sports fan, and uh, our class in fifth grade was asked this question. We were told to write um, a few sentences on, if you could trade any, if trade places with any adult for one week, who would it be and why? And so I share this with you. This is, this is honestly something that's very personal to me. Um, because I love my brothers, I love my cousins, all these people that I have grown up with and have been a little older. And when I was in fifth grade, I said this, I would like to, to change places with Larry Jordan. He played every day against his younger brother, Michael Jordan, who, if you don't know, is the greatest basketball player of all time. I said, I credit him for teaching Michael what he knows. The best player ever had to learn his moves from somewhere. Larry was a great teacher. Way to go, Larry. And I've had this on my phone for the last probably four or five years as my background. Whenever I look at my phone, this next screen is what I have had on here. And this says what I believe about leadership. The best leaders aren't gathering followers. They're building leaders. So many of you, I'll use Dustin as an example, have been blessed by Dustin's teaching. And I've been leading music. And I tell them happily, like, you realize Dustin was just sitting in these seats one day. And God got hold of him. I love preaching. I have so much more joy watching Dustin preach. So, 
what I will be doing is I'm working with a, a group called Orchard Group who recently entered in a partnership with Restoration House Ministries. Restoration House was a group that helped South Point start. And I will be leading the efforts to start more churches in New England. That involves helping select the right people to lead those churches. And honestly, starting a church, one, is a miracle of God. <laughs> and two, it just requires so much blood, sweat, and tears. But if the right person isn't in place, honestly, there's going to be more blood, sweat, and tears. More people are going to be hurt if you have someone without the right demeanor or the right skill set. It's not going to help them or their family. It takes a lot to make sure the right leadership is in place. I will be helping them fund their church so they can have salaries from the beginning and focus on the communities that they're in and focus on the people and making sure that the, the good news of Jesus is fresh for their context. And I will be helping provide some leadership and accountability to start the church at the beginning because there is no elder group or shepherd group or board at the start of a church and everyone needs some help and accountability. I'll be leading the teams that help make that a reality. I have an email that is scheduled to go out here at noon. I would love for you to be praying alongside of me in these efforts. Um, you can sign up on the email. I also would love to connect with anyone on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn. Those are the three social media platforms I'm on. I would love that because my I'm probably going to be getting a different phone number, so make sure you connect with me on that. I look back and I've been influenced by people who said yes to God's call. And them saying yes enabled me to say yes to Jesus. Them saying yes enabled me to say yes to seek to start South Point. And my hope is that from this point forward, that me saying yes to this will help people start churches. I believe, I fully believe with all my heart that South Point's best days are ahead of it. And as I said a few weeks ago, I, I have straight FOMO for what is going to be coming because this is a special group of people. I have talked about how South Point's vision is so that everyone can experience God's unconditional love. And Orchard Group states it like this, we exist so people everywhere can come to know Jesus. Who, by the way, is light of the world. Let's pray. Jesus, we need you. We need your grace. 
thank you for your love, for loving us when we certainly don't deserve it. That you do love us with truth and with grace. That you are kind. And you tell those who are in need of rest to come to you. Because you are the giver of rest, the giver of peace. We thank you for your good news and we pray for people everywhere to come to know you and to experience your unconditional love. It's in your name I pray. Amen. I know she's going to hate this, but I'm going to ask Bethany if she'd come up on stage. She's probably been dreading this all, all week. ways it's hard to believe that um, 11 years ago I sat at a Panera Bread company uh, across the table from a young couple uh, who said they had this call to plant a church in Rhode Island and uh, they were in the process of raising support and they'd asked the church that um, I was a process a part of leading um, if we would be willing to support this this new effort, and uh, it's amazing to see what God has done in the course of that time, and we all get to be a part of what God has done uh, through Tanner and Bethany. Uh, Tanner and Bethany have become very, very close friends. In fact, Tanner and Bethany are like family to Andy and I. It's a really, it's a privilege to do ministry. Uh, it's a real privilege to do ministry with somebody that you love and respect. And uh, it's been an awesome, awesome ride these last six years. And I'm looking forward to seeing what God is going to do uh, through the two of you and what God is going to do here. I look at South Point like a story that God is writing. And uh, this has been the first chapter of that story. And, and now we get to turn the page to the next chapter. And, and this first chapter, man, has been a page turner <laughs> in a lot of ways. For those of you who have been on the ride with us, it has been a ride. Um, but God is faithful. And like Tanner said, I believe, like Tanner said, I think South Point's best days are still ahead. And I'm excited to see what the future holds. I think one of the greatest things that, that one of the greatest gifts that Tanner has given us as a, as a leader is he's not made this about him. He's made this about Jesus. Jesus is the head of this church. I would be concerned if this was a church about Tanner for a number of reasons. Truth. <laughs> Preach. But, but this is a church about Jesus, and, and Jesus is still the head of this church, and we will continue to follow Jesus. I'm excited about what the future holds for South Point. I'm excited about what the future holds for New England, and I'm excited about what the future holds for Tanner and Bethany. Bill, would you pray? South Point, will you please play with me? 
My statement about confidence in the leadership. I mean, let me just say. <laughs> Heavenly Father, uh, Tanner did thank us, but we have a decade of gratitude built up in us. Lord, we're so grateful that so many years ago, you looked down and you saw this spiritually barren landscape of mine, and you said, who shall stand? Tanner heard that call. He said, here I am, Lord. Send me. Send him you did, along with Bethany and his family. And, Lord, we're so much the better for it. We're so blessed. We're so grateful and thankful that he heeded your call. And, Lord, he came armed with a vision of transforming the spiritual landscape of Rhode Island. And it began right here. And with the humility and the authenticity and transparency that we just talked about, <clears throat> he built this church in due time, Father, on the fan foundation that will last the test of time for all eternity Lord Jesus is our is our cornerstone and therefore we stand firm with confidence and faith that the good work he started here will be continued by us Lord we do look forward to that next chapter of South Pendleton Lord as you send these two out armed with your spiritual gift armed with the experiences and the lessons that they learned here planning such a solid foundation stronghold right here in the enemy's territory so we can go out and do this again and replicate it over and over again so that ultimately your vision of everyone experiencing your unconditional love can be realized we're excited to be a part of it lord we're excited to send them out a little proud to send them out as well with this fantastic family that has done so much for us for so many souls out here in the region of Rhode Island as we have sent them out. Lord, we know that you'll continue that good work as we go forward. And as we press on here at South Point, Lord, we ask that we remain humble, continue to guide us with your spirit, and we remain open to that, and we keep the main thing the main thing in our hearts. Your son, who loved us so much, he gave his life for us while we were yet sinners. That demonstration of unconditional love has been realized and manifested through his son in the name of Jesus. Lord, bless them as they go. Bless South Point. Stay with us so that all that we do honors you. In your name we pray. Amen. Probably miss you the most. Thank you, and we will have a celebration here on uh, the 19th in a couple of weeks, so we will be at Burgers and Baptisms next week for sure, and uh, looking forward to some of you who said, yes, I want to be baptized, uh, and right now, I, I really have nothing to do, so if you have further questions, I'll be, I'm going to stick around, and if you say, I want to know about this or this, I'm happy to stick around, as, and I'll just sit right up here on the stage, but uh, I love you all, and God bless.